Hi, I'm Kenita, and welcome to Black Imagination, where Antoine and I open up our Black space to our Black and Brown friends doing dope things in Milwaukee's arts and culture scene and beyond. Black Imagination is a part of the Imagine MKE Podcast Network. Are your candles lit? Is your incense burning? Time to keep it 100. And now, here is Black Imagination. Hello, everybody. Happy 2021. Welcome to Black Imagination. My name is Antoine Carter, and I'm here with my partner in building, Kanita Hickman. What's going on, <laughs> Partner in building. So that's new. That's new for 2021. Yes, I am his uh, partner in building. I'm Kanita. And hey, Antoine. So we are seven days into the new year. Yes. Um, and I mean, we had asked 2021 to kind of come in, don't touch nothing, you don't have no money, sit down. And um, it did not do that. No, not at all. 2020, <laughs> 2021 said, oh, you thought 2020 was bad. <laughs> I'm going to show you something. It was like... A, Jennifer Holiday when she was Ellie and the uh, uh what was her name in Dream Girls and she starts to sing like I am telling you like yes 2021 20, told us we ain't going nowhere <laughs> so I um saw a meme yesterday of uh Joaquin Phoenix's uh the Joker with the clown oh, yeah. from it <laughs> like um so here's orientation let me show you around um yes. My partner was saying to me, he was like, one of my friends asked him the question of what if 2021 was just like the start of a bad decade? And he's like, that just hurt my spirit. I just got so scared because I didn't know what to do. So look, we're going to, this is going to be a great year. It's going to be what we make it. Mm -hmm. Some less than ideal things are going to happen. But hopefully we can choose resilience. I mean, I did. I I wanted to pour a glass of wine yesterday because I was like, and I thought Naked and Afraid was lit. What they're doing in D.C., this is the best reality. Who's producing this? Yeah. <laughs> is this a VH1 show? Where are they doing? Yes. yes, but we do have a guest. <laughs> we do have a guest and we have her laughing in the background. So should we let the guest introduce herself? No, let's, let's give her a proper introduction. Let's do that. What do we want to say about our guest? Man, I would say that I sneak and follow her on the Facebook, as the young people call it. And she is a great follow, full of great little tidbits that keep you calm. It's like, uh, calm, the Facebook post. She's more than that, though. I mean, oh, first definitely, of all, let's, definitely, let's, let's definitely. give, let's just start off with her, her lineage and greatness. She True. graduated from the class of 2002 from the almighty, never ashy, always in the building, Rufus King, general <laughs> in the building. Uh, you don't get no yeah. better than that. <laughs> I, What's I would, up, Joanna? <laughs> ooh, this is going to be a great podcast because <laughs> I am at the disadvantage today. You this is awesome. Are um so Antoine obviously went to Riverside. Um, 
Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. Um, but Joanna, so we have on our show today the one and only Joanna Brooks from Embody Yoga, yoga. who made um, it her mission to bring yoga to really primarily women of color and people mm-hmm. of color. So what's up, Joanna? Happy 2021. Hey, y'all. Happy New Year. You know, I was waiting for y'all to introduce me. I was trying not to laugh on <laughs> air. But what y'all saying about 2021 already and how it started is so real. And my thought was we played ourselves because we thought as soon as, Mm -hmm. you know, January 1 hit, like this magic button was going to get hit and everything in life was going to be perfect. And 2021 was like, um, no, Mm ma'am. No, no, no ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. Exactly. I mean, I when we get off this call, I'm going to put in for PTO for January 20th because I need to see what F3 is going to look like with, you know, this individual who said he's not leaving his current residence. I want to see how they get him out the residence. So I'll be ready with Rosé you know, because it's going to be good. I probably need to the yoga teacher that I am, right? <laughs> I'm telling you that I will need to be next to a counselor or a therapist because yesterday <laughs> was rough. When you think about the juxtaposition of how like Black Lives Matter protesters were treated this summer and then how um, these anarchists, these terrorists were treated yesterday, it's infuriating. Even for yes. a person like me who believes in and preaches the practice of yoga. Yes, so today is January 7th. So yesterday was the day the day where everyone where congress was supposed to vote in the electoral college and a peaceful transfer of power which is this new buzzword that i've learned over the last couple months um was supposed to ensue but if you are listening to this then you know what happened you know they went bonkers and i only saw one of us i only saw one of us Mm-hmm. There's a we there's a photo of one of us in the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. 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 Shame. Yep. yep. And so I guess let's let's start off. You know, I want to talk about your history and and all of that. But I I guess in this current moment, while we're in this space on the podcast, Black Imagination, given what happened yesterday, how are you entering the space today? Mm -hmm. Um, How are you in this moment, Joanna? Yeah, I'm doing much better today than I was yesterday when everything occurred, that's for sure. So um, I often watch the news and I work, I do my work while I'm watching the news. And so seeing all of the coverage, I just found myself being pulled in and not able to turn away. Recently, I've been off of social media. and I knew I needed to get to, to social media to see what my people were saying, right? People that I know and respect in the community and also, you know, some um, high profile figures, right? Like um, former president Barack Obama and things like that. I wanted their take. Um, and in some ways, maybe I was looking to make myself feel better um, in the face of everything that was happening in that moment. And so it just became a cycle. I was hopping from or my attention was shifting from TV to social media, back to TV, mm-hmm. back to social media. And there mm-hmm. came a point where I'm like, Joanna, you know better than this. 
And so I had to cut it all off, turned off the TV, logged out of Facebook and just like picked up a book um, to read, to kind of like calm myself down. So to answer your question today, um, I'm doing much better. Um, And I think it's largely been because it's settled on me a little bit. I've had a little bit of time to like reflect and process, um, but also because I've taken that space from it too. I think that's really, really important. I got, we started to get notifications while I was in the middle of a project at work. I'm also a huge newsie. um, And so found myself flipping through all of the news stations um, well into the evening. I was up until about midnight actually working because I'd spent so much time. And I think as a black woman, it landed on me differently because To a very real extent, we know about these barbaric, brazen, violent acts because these things have been um, placed upon us as people of color um, since our introduction into America. I mean, but for recent examples, you can look at Charlottesville, you can look at Jacob Blake, you can, right? And so I think what had me kind of enthralled was the audacity of it. Like, how far is this going to go and where are they going to stop them? And, oh, my gosh, they just bust the window and they are climbing in. And so I'm dealing with that this morning, not not the shock of it that some of like um, I think my counterparts are experiencing where it's like, oh, it's an attack on democracy. And it's like, well, if I mean, for some people, for some people that really ever been real um, for us. How about you, Antoine? So I too, I three am a newsie. So like yesterday, the complete day was a a bunch of ups and downs for me because I was riding off the somewhat high of the Georgia results and the progression of what that was meaning. And and so in the morning, I was I was just like, man, all praises to Miss Abrams. Stacy, you the best. <laughs> you you are the Beyonce of politics and you deserve your flowers. And then all this just kind of like wiped it out. It's it's very interesting, like if and I, if you had been, if if anyone was a part of some of the protests that were happening in your city, in Milwaukee, for us, man, like, I remember going down and seeing tanks and cats with the, with the heavy riot gear material, like, it was a bunch of rent-a-cops out, like, it, it looked very different like stark from what I had been seeing and experiencing as a person of color in in any sort of interaction with the police and this is like the wildest thing ever yet like it's I don't even know how many people got arrested uh no more than 50 
There was thousands of wow. people there. It was there's there's pictures. I saw one of the uh, one of somebody in who's has a building there. I never know the real difference between a congressman or a house of representative person, but um, they they took his door off the hinges. His door was unlocked. Yo, <laughs> you could have just opened the door. They stole his laptop. They left a Trump flag. They burnt. They they used something to like to to they they put out their cigarette in his office. They put they put a sign. They put a note in Nancy Pelosi's office that said, "We won't back down." This is wild. Like like black people can barely can barely look suspicious, let alone do a lot of suspicious things. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I received it as like, this is definitely proof that, this is p- proof of white privilege if you've ever seen one. Mm-hmm. I, know I, I know I sent the group a message that said like, can I just touch the hem of that white privilege? Just the hem of it. But it ain't. It shows that uh, that we still got a lot of work to do as America. Like, mm-hmm. like it's a lot of ugly insides. But I also feel like there's this duality of being black in America, and um, the act of kind of still being great, which I think is kind of a an interesting segue to get us back to some joy. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, we're processing in real time. Um, This is just maybe under 24 hours since it started. Uh, But I really want to talk to folks and for folks to get an opportunity to hear about you and kind of your business methodology and just all about what makes um, you amazing and incredible and so let's talk about embody yoga which i might go a step further to say is part of your ministry yeah yeah it feels that way for sure let's talk about it let's talk about Mm -hmm. it so tell so how did embody yoga come to be and what Mm -hmm. what does embody yoga mean for you Yeah. So when you talk about ministry, it makes me think about um, like a faith walk and then like destiny to things being destined to be. And so when I tell the story, hopefully you can see those themes running through. But but Embody Yoga was born out of chaos and trauma in a dark place. Because I tell this story all the time and I hope it's helpful for listeners but I was in a, in a bad relationship where I wasn't being respected and treated the way I know I deserve to be treated. Now, this was years ago, right? But as is often the case um, in those type of relationships, it, it can be really difficult to let go, even when you know you need to. And so it was because of my yoga practice um, at that time that it kind of settled on me like, hey, this is a, a, a relationship that I need to walk away from, right? Every time I got on my yoga mat, um, 
that relationship came to mind. And also the conviction came, right? The spirit of conviction, like you need to walk away from this. Mm -hmm. And I ignored it as long as I could. And then I couldn't any longer. Um, So um, one day after a fight, I ended the relationship, or at least that's what I thought I was doing. Of course, a couple of days later, I was ready to like tip back and see if we could work things out. But by that point, he notified me that he had moved on to another relationship just that quickly. And so that kind of forced me to to realize that it was over and to deal with um, the embarrassment and humiliation that I felt and also the heartbreak that I was feeling in that moment, too. And so I sat in this place of darkness for a, for a few months. Um, I felt like I had sacrificed and given up so much and violated some of my like core principles um, for the sake of that relationship. So it really hit me hard. And it was in a conversation with one of my friends um, who I had been talking to, you know, and ruminating about the relationship with over and over. Um, I guess she just got fed up with it. Um, and she was like, Joanna, you need to find something to put your attention and energy into other than this. And that was the best advice I think that I've ever received, even up until this point. And so what I decided to focus on was um, branching out on my own as a yoga teacher. And to make this a project that would really take up my time and attention, I approached it as a business, um, even though I had no intention of actually starting a business. So I gave it a name, um, Embody Yoga. I was going to offer one class a week for six weeks um, and then just see what happened after that. And now here we are, uh, what, four or five years later, um, and it's a full-fledged business that that sustains me, um, not just financially, but, you know, mentally and emotionally and creatively also. But I feel like we got to back up a little bit because... (laughs) Because within Embody Yoga, um, now look, I, for our listeners who've seen me out in the streets, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a plush puppy. I'm, I'm, I'm a plush puppy. That's, that's what we'll say. <laughs> and so, so it's weird. Like I do go to Pilates studios. I do, I have been to yoga studios. Let me preface that. Before COVID, your girl was out here in these streets. Um, and primarily in white spaces. So not only am I the darkest person there, but I'm definitely um, the plushiest. And so um, that is not necessarily what happens when you come to embody yoga. So talk a little bit about the values and the intentionality that you've set forth into that, because you're really not just another yoga studio. No, that's for sure. So, you know, part of it is I have been unapologetic from the very beginning about why I started in body yoga and who I hope to have in my classes, right? I knew going into this that there weren't a lot of Black people, at least in the city of Milwaukee, who were practicing yoga. Like I would go into yoga classes and have the same experience you had before, like in Pilates studios and things like that. I'm the only woman of color there. And I know how that feels. And so as I was um, setting up this six-week-long course, when I started in body yoga, 
I knew that I wanted to tell people and show them like, hey, I'm here, I'm a yogi, you can be too. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to be a certain color. You don't have to be a certain gender or a certain size to do yoga. And so as Embody Yoga continued to grow, I think, you know, part of it was the fact that um, when you are dealing primarily with Black women, you are getting those women in all shapes and sizes. You know, we tend to be curvier, right? And we appreciate our curves. And so um, I think that was part of it. But then the other part was I was intentional about making sure I was body positive and then also being really aware when I'm looking at um, these women in my classes and seeing how their body is receiving my cues and instruction and the poses, um, really being intentional about how I could modify my language, modify my cue and instruction to make it more accessible. Um, so, you know, considering all of that from the beginning, we have been very, very, very intentional about making sure that we can make yoga accessible for people for whom it has had not been previously. Mm -hmm. I mean, but even in terms of, of the music that you choose and how the classes are set up, like all of that, it becomes this different space. And I also have not forgotten the advice that you gave me about a year or so ago when I came to one of your classes. And I was like, where the Black Pilates teachers? And you was like, maybe you should start a studio. And I was like, girl, good night. I have to go. <laughs> good day. <laughs> it's still on my mind though. Like Joanna think I could do it. So maybe, maybe I could. It's such, and I think too, the intentionality of the spaces that you've chosen to do it. Like, again, you could have had your own standalone building when I started taking your classes, you were over at Walnut Way. Mm -hmm. In the yep. community. Yep. And you'd expand it into more than just the one class a week. And then you were able to, to get space in, um, in Sherman Phoenix. So I have other questions, but I don't want to hog the mic uh, from, from I, Antoine. I feel like um, also too, I feel like in my olden days in the gardens, I tried to get you to do some yoga in the gardens, but you were too busy. Never. No, 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 not like, not like, not like, ah, I'm too busy. But it was, I think you were like booked and busy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the time I had wanted was time that you were already expended. But something that, um, that came, you were saying that I thought was super cool was that you find yoga creatively stimulating. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, I thought like, I've done yoga too. And I find it more as a routine that keeps me like, you know what I mean? Like you in some yoga sessions or whatever, you know, what's coming next and you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. could you describe, like, can you let me dive into your brain and see how you see creativity in yoga? Well, I guess I should start by saying that um, before yoga, I was really into dance. Now, growing up as a kid, we didn't have the resources for all of the kids to be put in, you know, special activities. So that means nobody did special activities. But me and my sister, we, that didn't stop us from getting on our tiptoes and spinning around the living room and things like that, <laughs> pretending like we were in a ballet class. So as soon as I was able to really um, in college, I started taking dance classes. It started with African dance um, at Marquette University, 
Um, and then it, it morphed into me getting a scholarship at Danceworks where I was taking ballet and modern dance and things like that. Um, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I came to the practice of dance um, late in life. And so that made it kind of difficult for me um, to really keep up with the other dancers in the classes I, I was in. And that was kind of discouraging for me. Um, wait, a second, wait a second, wait a second. Are you saying that you were Aunt Viv in the Fresh Prince <laughs> episode <laughs> where she hit them youngins with them moves? You know what, Antoine? I wish I could say that I was Aunt Viv, but Aunt Viv was killing it. Yes. Like, couldn't nobody in that class come nowhere near her. I mean, body was banging. She got the choreography like that. And you, I was pretty much the opposite. You represented them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, okay. So I, I looked like, I think I have the form of a dancer. I hear that a lot. But the, the part that I struggled with was being able to grasp mm. choreography quickly. When you start out from a young age doing dance, your brain is primed then to pick up on choreography and remember it, retain it um, relatively quickly. And so mm -hmm. as an adult, it was, it just took me so, I would never be able to do what Aunt Viv did in that one scene. I mean, iconic, but you know, that was really the issue for me with dance. Um, but I've always appreciated like movement and things like that. I'm still a huge fan of dance, but now yoga um, has become my thing. And so when we talk about like creativity in yoga, then um, as a teacher, I, I experienced creativity because Every time I'm writing the class, sequencing a class, for me, it's almost like dance. It's almost like choreography, choreography, doing choreography for a dance, but it's a yoga class instead. Um, also, as a practitioner, as a student of yoga, it's so interesting to me, but when I'm on my mat, my brain is not empty like people think or say your brain should be when you're doing yoga. I get all of these ideas. I get so much clarity in my practice mm -hmm. to the point where I, I like I should have a notebook nearby because the practice just opens the, uh, it opens the creativity floodgates and so um, you know I stand by you know my statement that that yoga cultivates creativity. So I think it's also important to note that you didn't just like go through this bad relationship and then decide hey I'm gonna teach <laughs> yoga like you actually did the work you took the classes you got whatever certifications or whatever you needed and you've continued to learn and grow you have left you know had the other instructors step in to take over your classes so that you can continue to learn You've been able to hire other um, yogi yogi instructors of color of varying sizes because I've taken quite a, a few classes. So I just want people to know, like, as it relates to Black imagination and Black excellence, like, Joanna Brooks is that is that woman. She's that dude. She didn't just hop <laughs> on a mat. Like, she did the work. She paid for the classes. Um, my curiosity is, now that we're in this pandemic. So me and you have had these conversations about multiple streams of revenue and all that. And I mean, we can talk about some of that if you like, but I'm really curious about what was the, how you transitioned, because I think a, a solid entrepreneur getting through 
this pandemic, you know, there's some restaurants that aren't going to survive because they don't have a website and because they don't accept credit cards and they just don't have the capacity to do that. But for those who were able to transition and do takeout and get outdoor patios and, you know, there's a whole bunch of equity issues that that go with that. But for those who are able to, those are the ones that we're going to be able to see on the other side. What types of things have you done to make sure that your business is one that we see on the other side? You know, so it, it brings me back to that that first conversation about, you know, like fate and destiny when it comes to Embody Yoga. So it just so happened right before everything shut down here in Milwaukee that I was already working on figuring out how I could set up like this virtual studio. Like I had launched a virtual studio before, meaning I had pre-recorded yoga videos available for purchase or rent on my website. But I was thinking about how I could rebrand that and how I could bring it back and make it fresh and more exciting for people. Um, and then we got the, the, the stay at home and safer at home orders that came through, right? And so ethically, I knew that I had to close the studio. And so I remember um, sitting at my desk and thinking about the transition how I would continue to serve the community um, while being unable to be face-to-face and in the same space with them. Now, just for context, you know, now doing things virtually and on Zoom is the norm. But prior to this, especially in the yoga community, people would kind of frown on like online instruction and things like that. Um, so I had to make the mental shift and then think about the the actual logistics software and things like that. Um, I did take a little bit of a break. I think we took almost two weeks off because we thought two weeks would handle everything, right? And now here we are almost a year later. Um, but after that two-week break, I knew I had to get back to it. And so we started um, offering significantly discounted uh, classes on Zoom. Um, and we just, we learned as we went, I had to kind of learn and teach myself how to teach virtually, how to make people, how to create and hold space and create a sense of community, um, for people who were really all over the country. It was definitely, it was definitely a pivot and it was definitely a learning curve, but um, when you believe in the work that you do and you love it, and in some ways, if you feel it's a ministry or a calling, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, though, um, it wasn't, you know, without its challenges. Um, I was, when we started the virtual classes, I, I went from having a studio space that we were teaching in where I had four other um, black yoga teachers teaching with me to um, teaching by myself. We were only, you know, offering one or two classes a week. Um, So figuring out how to expand that and how to train my teachers so that they could offer the, the type of experience that I hoped for our students to have. Um, and to also help them through the learning curve of teaching virtually. And then just the, the, the simple fact that we lost a lot too in the process. Um, you mentioned multiple streams of revenue 
So pretty much from the beginning, I was blessed in the fact that we offered um, weekly studio classes, which was one stream of revenue. But then we also just started to get these requests from corporations and schools and youth servant organizations to come in and offer our services. And that um, offered us or gave us a lot more in sales and revenue than just our weekly classes alone. And so recently I was looking at how we performed um, in 2020 and we lost a total of $37,000. $37,000, that's some people's salary. I know there are Mm. people who have lost more and I know there are people who have lost less, but the blessing in all of that for me y'all was not at any point did it ever feel like we were functioning with less or like I had less. Mm -hmm. I had no concerns in those regards. And I think that just kind of speaks to maybe this is magical thinking. I don't know. You guys may not agree, but when you are doing your heart's work and doing it from your heart, then it'll, it'll make room and provide for you too. You know, but so I do believe that. But I also know that you're a little bit of a, a tactician in terms of your finances. And so what I, yeah. what I hope that people listening are hearing, because there's a bunch of things that jumped out to me that I don't often get in entrepreneur books. You talked about assessing the goals. So you've talked about doing the work, looking back, seeing what happened, which is how you were able to see like, holy moly, we lost 37,000 in, you know, in, in, in funds and sales during this specific amount of time, this idea of doing the work and learning as you go, setting forth the plan, doing the work, being open to the challenges. Um, I think even talking about the challenges. And so for people who are listening, who are, you know, working full-time, you have a side hustle and you're looking to make the jump or folks who um, know an entrepreneur and you're trying to connect them with resources like hear what Joanna is saying, these, these mm-hmm. things, this lifelong learner, assessing your goals, um, being flexible and adaptable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and continuing to make room for your staff as much as you can, giving them the same knowledge sets that you have so that the brand is consistent. Because if I go to Joanna's class and get this experience, but I'm with you know, Daniela in this class, and I don't get that same experience, Joanna's brand is off. And at its essence, Embody Yoga is Joanna's face. Real quick, because I know Antoine got a question. I keep looking Mm -hmm. at him. I just want to know, how do you do yoga and not sweat out your edges? That's 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 the game I need. That, that sounds like a rhetorical question. <laughs> I will say I, I I sweat out some edges. That's for sure. But I've gotten to a place in my life, y'all, where appearance in my hair is nowhere near as important as it used to be. And I credit some of that to like time and maturity and then some of it to yoga because the things that really matter about a person, you know, like the essence of a person and character and things like that. um, I think that has, that carries more weight in terms of how attractive or appealing you might be to a person than just this um, outer shell that we have. 
Um, so I, I don't really care about my hair. Like I brush it up in a bun. I have it in a bun right now. And that's like my go-to style, um, these days. And the crazy thing is years ago, you know, like in my twenties, I was obsessed with having long hair and it seemed like my hair would not grow like past my shoulders. Now I don't care about my hair anymore. And my hair <laughs> it just is growing like weed. It is incredible and you do do a lot of protective stylings for me like having natural hair that's always a struggle like I always panic when I'm ready to get back into working out really hard because I usually wear my hair out and that's why my hair is in braids and in a bun because I'm like you know what your hair cannot prevent you from getting that healthy like Mm -hmm. you got to work out and so if wearing your hair out is going to be a deterrent, then you got to go back to protective styles because you know you can sweat that out and it's going to be fine. What good is your hair looking how you want it to look if you don't feel good about the rest of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. From the inside or the outside. So like you, you know, I've been active and into movement for years, decades, you know, I would even say. And, you know, as a Black woman, uh, with a relaxer, I have a relaxer, but my natural texture is bit, like, 4C. Um, for me, I had to kind of like learn and develop this schedule and kind of, you know, pick my workout days around my hair routine, you know, or just make my hair routine work around my workout days. But I wasn't really, you know, at that point willing to sacrifice either mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. You know, both of those things were important to me. And again, as I've gotten older, the hair has become less important to me. I may wear it down or out um, maybe like four or five days out of the month, if that, but otherwise it's, it's protected in some way. It's in my feed-ins or it's in this um, bun that mm-hmm. I'm always happy to wear. So, but you gotta put hair over vanity. Yep, oh, for sure. Not when you're balding. <laughs> <laughs> not when you're balding. Shout out to my cousins and family. Uh, what, what else is important to you? I know we've talked a lot about yoga, but what, what else is important to you? Like what kind of music do you listen to? Yeah. So, um, I mean, like the usual, I'm a huge Beyonce fan, um, R&B, meal soul, you know, I play that, you know, Kanita mentioned this, but I play that all the time in my classes, you know, I come to the yoga experience and the art of teaching yoga as who I am, which is a black woman who really appreciates quote unquote black music. Um, So, you know, that's what I listen to. Um, Aside from like music though, I really care about and I'm into reading. I read a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, If I may, you know, I kind of consider myself a creative and so I think maybe one day I might write a book. Um, um, I'm really into fiction. I appreciate nonfiction um, memoirs and things like that too. Um, and the other thing, maybe maybe as far away from art and creativity that you could um, be, I'm, I've really gained an appreciation for politics. And I owe that all to Trump. Before. <laughs> Right. Give him his flowers. Yeah. I, I, had, yeah. I had the luxury, the privilege of not really paying attention to what was happening in politics. And so when he was elected president, I'm like, wait, hold on. And 
at one point I'm like, oh, I'm just going to ignore everything that happens politically for like the next four years. But after a while, seeing all of the like media coverage and all of the antics, like Trump showed his ass. That made me Mm -hmm. wonder, like, how is this possible? Like politically, legally, how is it possible for him to maintain office doing, how how was it possible for him to become president? Well, you know, with like some of his rhetoric and policies and things like that and promises. So because of him, I've done a lot of research. Antoine, I know you mentioned before, like it's sometimes it's hard for you to remember the difference between like um, a senator and a, and a representative, like college educated mm-hmm. woman here, right? Never had to learn those things in any of my schooling. It wasn't a requirement. So I breezed through a master degree, not really understanding how local or even federal politics worked. And because of Trump, I feel like I didn't have that luxury anymore. And I taught myself about uh, Congress. Um, I taught myself about like the responsibilities of a president and a vice president. And I really, you know, gotten into um, a lot of like policy and political discourse and things like that, thanks to Trump. So those are some of the things that I care about. You just heard my spirit calling me Kanita. I just wanted to put that out there. I was like, Lord Jesus, what, what, who is she talking to? She talking to me. Oh my God. Why is she calling me Kanita? Am I here with Casey and Jojo? (laughs) You are. (laughs) Wow. So, Joe, wow. so there's actually a picture of me and Joanna together um, in high school. She has on overalls <laughs> and I have on some khaki shorts. I mean, and it's incredible, like, how, like, she really has not aged. Like, like she, like, we talking almost 20 years ago. And so, like, me and Joanna graduated same class. We both went to King. Like, she was the super. Sorry, sorry super about homie. that, guys. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Wait a, don't, don't do it, bloodbath. Cause don't do it. I'm on my best behavior right now. Um, and so I just have to say before we head out, just you know, and every time I, I talk to Joe, I try to you know let her know how proud I am of her, of following you know her heart. Um, I remember when you made the transition to full time, so leaving the um, educational system that you worked in going full time and just really being open about your journey and how you've mastered your finances and things like that. Um, I'm curious, before we let you go, Milwaukee-based artists, who are you feeling, whether it's music, authors, artwork, who are some of the folks who, who are on your radar in the arts in, um, the arts and creative space here in Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. So, um when it comes to fashion and even like music, I really appreciate um, Radia Ellis. I believe it's her last name. Okay, that name sounds so um, familiar. So she's um, taken some classes with me at Embody Yoga and I just know her from like social media, but I really appreciate um, kind of like her take on fashion. She does her own thing. And then also how she really um, advocates for um, like the creative scene and the music scene in Milwaukee. So I, I just kind of, you know, respect her from that angle. 
Um, and then also, you know, I think I like flowers and floral arrangement as art too. And so I've been like, like quietly stalking or admiring um, for one floral mm-hmm. um, on social media too. I mean, mm-hmm. there are, there are so many really creative and talented and dope people in Milwaukee. It's just really good um, to see them, you know, getting some shine. I know that, well, I think it was Shepherd Express or somebody recently released their, like the best of in the city and to see like Lilo Allen get mm-hmm. recognized and things like that. Like I, I spent, I've given her so much of my money just because <laughs> I appreciate her artwork and I find it to be so beautiful. Like if it, I would spend my last for some of her pieces. I can't walk past her at like a summer event or a festival without stopping at her table. And if I stop at her table, I usually end up spending money. Um, I need to do a better job of tapping into the Milwaukee music scene. So maybe y'all might have some suggestions for me, but but overall, there's a, a ton of talent in Milwaukee and I'm happy to see that talent being recognized. As we go into 2021, because that's usually our last question, but I wanted to just, what is your thoughts? Like, give me a word for how you feel your 2021 is going to be. I think the best word is transition. So I mentioned before how, you know, in some ways we fooled ourselves into thinking, you know, January 1, a magic button will be pushed and things will be better. Um, I think 2021 is going to be a year of transition, right? Assuming, Mm -hmm. you know, most people get the vaccination and things like that. And we start to go back to our previous definition of normal. Um, I think we strayed so far away from that idea of normal that it'll it'll take us a little bit of work um, and a little bit of flexibility to make the transition back and I don't know if we will ever get to where we were before in terms of what we consider normal or you know even what we value or appreciate um but I think this this year is going to um require us to be flexible and to be patient as we make a major transition so I may have another question. Go for it. I'm enjoying our I'm conversation. Think, I'm thinking about folks who are now have, you know, when we opened up the call, we talked about online learning and babies now having to do all of their work on like computers. What about for the adults who are at, at home all day in front of their laptops now? You know, for me, I make the joke that I have a corner office and my mom's like, you mean the corner of your living room? And I'm like, you know what? I don't need your judgment, ma'am. It's a corner office and it's mine. <laughs> the, the, the yogi in me, I mean, Black mamas are, are good to put you in your place, right? Like, oh, they, yeah. like they are all about be humble. And so mm-hmm. um, when you think about people who are working at home, do you have any tips of how folks can kind of break up their work day? Like, are there like, is there like a yoga pose that I could do in my chair to kind of you know, reset me for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I hope that people, you know, get up and take breaks and walk around. That's really important, not just for the functioning of your body, but also for creativity too. Like, I think people would be amazed how many problems they can solve 
or how many new ideas that they could cultivate just by getting up and taking a walk, right? Even if, even if it's a walk around the house. Um, but you can always like fold over in your chair. I mean, you can do this seated, just separate your feet hip width distance apart and just then just fold over, hinge at the hips, bring the belly towards the thighs and then let your head hang kind of like in between your knees if possible. Um, or you can stand up, separate the feet hip width distance apart, give a little bend to the knees hinge from the hips and fold over and just hang there and allow the spine to decompress. Y'all hear the yoga teacher and me coming out? Listen, I was just about to say, people have been blessed today because she just gave you a sample yoga class because that's how she sounds yeah. in the class. Like her yoga flows, you, you be with it. spine decompress. I be definitely cussing in my head the first two like yoga flows including downward dog i'd be like super like when i take joanna's class i'd be like dog i should have just went to wendy's and got that four for four like this ain't what i needed in my life <laughs> it sounds it sounds refreshing because like you mentioned like you think about things while you're doing yoga and i think mm -hmm. most most thinking would tell you that you know you need a clear and empty mind but I find that to be like really cool. Like that's where while you're in the zone, you might as well start think creatively, right? As but you know, if you, if you get caught up in Joanna's voice though, it becomes this, this cleansing thing because her voice is so mellow accompanied with the music. And like, it, you know, I think for a lot of us millennials, we struggle with being present. I certainly do. But I will say that there are definitely moments when I'm on the mat where it's like, the utmost presence in terms of just keying in on what Joanne is saying and getting into the flow of yoga. And those, those sweet spots are really nice to the point where I start off cursing when we begin class. <laughs> and by the time we get to the end, I'm like, dang, why didn't I sign up for another one? I'm not really ready to go home yet. Well, and see, the thing is, I don't believe in running from stuff, right? I believe that people can get in ruts and then they have to engage in some type of activity to help them like get out of the rut. But I don't believe in running away from your feelings or running away from your thoughts. So while some yoga teachers might try to encourage people to clear their mind, really that's, that's the, the responsibility of the yoga practice itself, right? So um, when I get on the mat, my brain may be full of things. If it's at the end of my work day, there are things that I need to process and think through. And everything that we know about like neuroscience and cognitive psychology tells you that you that when you try to run away from your thoughts, they just take up more space, right? Mm -hmm. So even in my classes, I encourage people to acknowledge like prevailing thoughts and feelings and things like that. And then we get into the practice and depending on the style of the practice, if it's a challenging practice, then you kind of do get out of your head, right? Because you don't have time really to, to think a whole lot. You're trying to follow the instructor's cues. Even while that's happening, while you're not actively engaged with your thoughts, it's my belief that you are physically working through stuff so that by the time you reach Shavasana, the end of the practice, you feel some sense of closure or you feel like you have an answer or an idea or something. And sometimes that happens within the, within the, the course of a class. And sometimes that happens over several classes. 
but I always believe no matter what, I've seen it, seen too many yogis crying in class and on the mat. I truly do believe that we are always, when we come to the mat, working through something. Thank you for being our guest and helping us work through yesterday yes. <laughs> and trying to figure out the rest of 2021. Thank you so much. Miss Brooks, Joanna Brooks from Embody Yoga, where at Sherman Phoenix? Yes, online classes, like definitely, definitely sign up. I've already made a note to myself, like, you know, spend you, some money. You've spend been spending money. money at Chubby's Cheese Steaks. You need to yep. go to Embody Yoga and quit playing. Leave them steak fries alone. Also, and no, it ain't for my benefit. It's for, it's for, you know, the listeners. I really do believe in the power of yoga. Give it a try. See if it works for you. Give it a try. Also, I want to give a birthday shout out to my wife. Happy Aww. birthday, Alexis. Uh, happy birthday, Alexis. You. you won't hear happy this for birthday. about another week or so, but you are appreciated. Aww. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for letting me do that. Thank you guys for... You guys could have killed me as a Riverside uh, person, but you guys operated with grace. We're ladies. We operate with grace. And you already know that you just need to be humble because of where you went to high school. So you don't need the reminder. (laughs) You don't need us to tell you to be humble. Uh, (laughs) I've been thinking some things, but I'm like, I'll wait till we we stop recording. <laughs> I have some zingers in there. Zingers. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Black Imagination with Kanita and I. Black Imagination is a part of the Imagine MKE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe and rate five stars because we are Black Excellent. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Imagine underscore mke or on facebook at imagine mke talk to you next time bye